8.02 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are now in hour three of the program. Kevin Woodley is going to join us in just a minute here to kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech. Igor Shosturkin was the first goalie off the ice for the Rangers, so he'll start for the Rangers tonight. Still no confirmation, I don't think, about who will start for the Canucks. I expect Demko, but we'll see. Uh, joining us now, the goalie guru, NHL.com, In Goal Magazine, Kevin Woodley here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Woods? Not much. Is it uh, like I woke up not, not long ago? I'm going to be honest. Sorry to say that to you guys who have been up for hours. No, but fine. And there's snow on the ground out here, so that was a little depressing. But now I get to talk to you, so everything's better. I'm glad, Kev. I'm glad this is making your morning. It's cold outside. It's, yeah. It's going to get yeah. colder. Yeah, it's like a reality check, you know. Christmas break is over. Winter break is over for the kids. Yeah. Is is uh, here? here here's, here's 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 a, here's a good one. Is Thatcher Demko going through a bit of a cold spell, Kev? Uh, would uh, would a month plus speak a would a bit? Mm. Like he's been he's been average for for more than a month now, um, relative to. You know, the quality shots he's facing. Like that's just what the math says. There's been moments where he's been great. There's been moments like like the other night. I don't even know it's on him. The low blocker one. Don't like. I, I don't know if you guys saw um, that they changed the goal uh, from the point shot to a tip in front. Uh, probably one like geez, actually it was after I filed my story. So like an hour and a half after the game. So there was a deflection involved in uh, in the five four goal. Uh, so it wasn't Brendan Smith's anymore. I can't remember who they gave it to, but somebody. And so. <laughs> Yeah, like, it wasn't as bad as it looked uh, once you add in the deflection. But, yeah, like, it's um, – listen, he was the best goalie in the world by a large margin for the first six weeks of the season, and it's cooled off significantly. Um, still still slightly above expected, but hovering around there, right? And, and, and overall on the season, you know, been dragged down. He still leads the league in goals saved above expected. But on a per-shot basis, when you get into sort of save, expected save percentage – you know he's still in the top ten, but he's not he's not at that form that we saw early in the season. And like it's it sounds like a criticism. The reality is, I, I think I said it as much as anyone at the time. Like nobody stays at the level he was at mm-hmm. for so long. But for the past month, the level it's dropped to is a little lower than we expect for Thatcher Demko. So at the end of the day, all that matters is you get him closer to the guy at the start of the season by the time the season ends and into the playoffs. And that will involve making sure you get a lot of work with Ian Clark and a lot of rest and make sure the body's okay. And that will involve decisions about back-to-backs. And I'm kind of curious, do they, do they hold him out tonight, start Casey to Smith and give him the second end of back-to-backs and an extra day off in between? Um, or do they give him the game where the team's likely to be fresher tonight uh, and, and send out to Smith against, uh, against a guy tomorrow who is probably one of the most likely to pass him or, or has caught him in the Vesna race in Ilya Sorokin? Well, let's talk about Shosturkin because I'm looking at his numbers right now, just his raw numbers, and they're down Meh. 908. It was 916 last season, and obviously 908 is a lot less than the 935 he had a couple of seasons ago. What has uh, the season been like for Shosturkin? He flew too close to the sun. Uh, he's like yeah. he's like in the 20s. Um, 
you know, and, and ever since that year, right, and all the expectations that came with it, it's almost like at times watching him, he's trying too hard to live up to the expectations of two years ago. Like, that wasn't just a Vesna Trophy winning season. You could have made every argument he should have been the Hart Trophy winner as well. Like, he was incredible two years ago. It was a historically good season. When I talked early in the year about how incredibly good Demko was playing, the only thing we had as sort of a comparison was was Shesterkin's here. Like, just historically great. And he hasn't... You know, that's the thing. It's really hard to keep that up, and he hasn't. And, you know, to be honest, on a per-shot basis, he's been outplayed by Jonathan Quick this season by a pretty significant margin. So, um, you know, he's he's hovering uh, down around plus 1%, which is, you know, the yeah, there's an Andre Vasilevsky down there but and a Jordan Bennington, but there's also, you know, guys like Joel Hofer and Elvis Merzlikens and Peter Morazic. Like, you expect... Shesterkin to be living in a higher, strat- higher stratosphere than that, and he just hasn't. Who is one team that absolutely, positively has to do something about their goaltending before the playoffs, if they make it, um, start? I would have leaned Maple Leafs because I'm not sure, except they seem confident that Joseph Wall is going to be back with plenty of time. And Joseph Wall was a guy who had put himself in that Vesna conversation as well. Like he, like, I, I don't know, and this is hard to believe uh, because it's Toronto, but I don't know that he got enough hype before his injury. Like that's how all the focus was on Samsonov and how much he had struggled. Um, and it was almost like polar opposites. He's at the bottom of the league and Wall had played his way up into the top of the league in terms of his performance relative to the environment. So you're getting him back and you're less worried, especially because Martin Jones, like this isn't just great team jones has been legitimately great he's you know in a small sample atop the league in in adjusted save percentage he's been really really good for them um so honestly and i don't know if anybody else feels the same way because they're on a heater and climbing fast in the in the playoff race but i still think it's the edmonton oilers i still think you have to have a plan b these days uh especially when plan a seems to be and he's so far been capable of handling it but there's a reason we see lowered numbers in terms of starts for your number one. And they're playing not playing the wheels off Stuart Skinner because their schedule has allowed this. Um, but I still think they need a plan B, and I'm not sure they have it. Do you think the Kings will just roll with Talbot, even though he's 36 years old, and uh, Big Save Dave as their tandem? No, um, but you said who needs one. And I believe they're trying to decide internally. They're going to get one. But you're fine with Cam Talbot. I think what they're trying to decide is, are we just going to add someone to replace Phoenix Copley so we have three options? Because, you know, I, I don't know that you're sold on Big Save Dave. Um, it, ironically, because of a lack of big saves when the game gets tight historically. Like, that's where he's cratered. Uh, late in periods, tied games, up by a goal, like his statistics just fall off a cliff in those situations when you filter it for that. And that's sort of ironically, as much as he's been great against high danger chances, and that's where the nickname comes from, uh, in terms of situation, it's kind of been the opposite from the nickname. And so that worries you if you're the Kings. Uh, They're a team that doesn't necessarily need great goaltending, but I think they're trying to decide, do we just need another guy to go with Talbot, like a 1B, or do we need an upgrade? And, you know, are we a cup contender that, that needs to go all in on goaltending? And so I think they'll get a guy, 
but because they have two, I don't have them ahead of, uh, you know, really need a guy uh, compared to the Oilers. Do you think the Preds are going to get an offer they can't refuse for UC Soros? Well, you would think so because the last couple of seasons he's been one of the best in the league and was sort of establishing himself in that consistent, you know, up there with the Andre Vasilevskis in the world. But right now, Jason, they're, they're, he's below expected. Like, this has not been a good year for UC Soros. Uh, I know there's a lot of conversation about how Nashville really wants to keep him and, and lock him up long term. And everything I know about UC Soros and have watched over the past couple of years says you do that. Um, but if you were to, I wonder how much the contract is playing a role in this in terms of distraction and whether it, because I can't see anything else. Like, he's just, he's given up goals that are uncharacteristic. Uh, he had a sort of very characteristic slow start to the year. Then he got on a heater, and now he's he's in a. They're not a great team defensively, but his environment hasn't been that bad, and he's just not. He's not UC Saros right now. We talked about Igor Shesterkin earlier. We talked about Demko over the last month. Like, like staying great in this league is. It seems like it's never been harder. Or maybe just the guys we have right now. You know, after losing a generation of Luongos and Prices. Um, and Lundqvist, you know, maybe they just haven't gotten to that level. Um, but this is the worst goaltending we've seen out of UC Soros in the past three seasons. And so as much as I still think there'd be a lineup for his services, I don't know that the, that the price, the demand is going to be as high as it was, say, at the end of last year where he was absolutely jobbed by the GMs out of not being a Vesna Trophy finalist. We're speaking to Kevin Woodley here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Kev is a presentation of White Rock Hyundai. Visit the showroom on King George in White Rock or whiterockhyundai.com. Uh, have you been keeping an eye on what's going on with Colorado and Alexander Georgiev? Because they're scoring a lot of goals. They're also conceding a lot of goals, and they are also playing the wheels off Georgiev. The wheels are off, man. They played him off early, uh, and he was really great. He, again, first month of the season, he was a guy whose numbers were were flirting with Demko territory. He was another guy that was in that conversation early. And so they kept going to him. And... It feels like from a distance and watching a couple of the games, like he can't, he just can't get back. Like there, there's no way to reset him. They did play the wheels off him, and the bottom fell out. And it just feels like they can't sort of, they can't give him enough time off because they don't seem to trust Prozatov, who ironically has really good adjusted numbers, like not exceptional, but more than adequate. And then you see the other night he gives up three on four, and it's clear that team's totally lost faith in him. There's a team. Maybe I should have had them higher on this list when Jason asked who absolutely needs a goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um, the statistics say they're fine with the backup they got, but the team doesn't seem to trust them. Yeah. And they continue to roll out Georgiev. We're way past. Do you remember we used to have this conversation with Jacob Markstrom? He'd be going good, and then it would start to slip. And it didn't matter whether Anders Nilsson hadn't won in two months. You had to play him to give <laughs> Markstrom some time off to reset. We are so far past that point with Alexander Georgiev that I, I like, again, I like, I don't know, maybe an all-star break, maybe their bye week, like maybe that's enough to reset this guy, but, but he just has not been able to get back to who he was before they, as you said, very, very accurately played the wheels off of him. I forgot about Anders Nielsen. Good pull, Kev. That was a while ago now. You know who someone else reminded me of the other day? Random Canucks goalie. Was it Joachim Erickson? Was that the guy? I, Did we hit? Was he oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, he? yeah, he played like I one game. I should probably know that. Yeah, I think he played one game. 
There was all these rant. We were. We were, were we just going through names. Yeah, like, you remember know, this guy? We know when you hang out with buddies. Not really? And, when you hang out with your buddies and you're yeah. having beers and you're like, just let's just name old athletes. Mm-hmm. We were doing like backup Canucks goalies. I was like, do you remember Joachim Erickson? I'm like, I do. I always start with Robert Nordmark. Yeah, that's a good one. Just name a dude. Not a goal. It's a fun game. But I'm just not gonna lie. Um, okay, I want to ask you something. We had a Devin Dubnik on the show last week, uh, and we right away we threw him the question about if he had to pick the number one game one starter for Canada in any Olympic competition right now, who would his goalie be? And he went with uh, Aiden Hill. He sort of said, I know it might not be the pick that everyone would go with, but then I realized that he's not the only one putting a lot of stock in Aiden Hill, the Vegas Golden Knights are as well, because everywhere that I turn, they're desperate to get him back in net because they've really hit the skids lately and their goaltending hasn't been great. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on, one, Aiden Hill and where he would be in the Canadian hierarchy, and then, two, how important is he to Vegas? Well, okay, so this is the thing. Like, like Aiden Hill fits Vegas like a glove. Like, he's perfect. His strengths and weaknesses fit what they give up and don't give up. Like, even to the point where we talk a lot about cross-ice passes, uh, or what we call slot line passes, east-west plays. We've heard a lot about how the Canucks give up far fewer of those and how that's been a big part of their defensive success this year. Like, Vegas gave up a fair amount last year, but they were all in tight around the net, what we call low slot line passes, below the hash marks. Those are typically the most dangerous. But they're also where Aiden Hill excels because he plays deep, he's got a big body, he's got length, he just is able to fill space on bang-bang plays down low as well as anyone in the league. So it looks like on paper, it's like, oh, they're giving up all these high danger chances and Hill's bailing them out. What they didn't give up was high slot line chances, plays across the middle of the ice above the hash marks that force Aiden Hill into more of a reactive mode with his hands, where, you know, frankly, that's on a list of strengths and weaknesses. That's a weakness. They, their system, it's not just like, hey, this is a great system for goalies. It's this system fits Aiden Hill perfectly. And so his performance in the playoffs last year, at, I was around plus 3%. Like I said it at the time, yes, they are a great defensive team. But Aiden Hill's run to the Stanley Cup, if you do that during the regular season, you win a Vesna Trophy. And guess what? When he got hurt, he was actually slightly better than that. So he's been out for a while here. Other guys have passed him on the, you know, the cumulative metrics. We talk about goals saved above expected. But he was right in this conversation for a Vesna before he got injured. Now, to me, the weird thing is he tried to rush back, and I guess maybe that was – well, and there, I don't think they felt he rushed back. They felt he was ready, but he last he came out, didn't even make it through a game, uh, and that's a little worrisome. And, you know, maybe it was trying to get back for the Winter Classic. Um, but I think he's a lot closer now, like we're talking within a week kind of thing, that we could see him. He's back on the ice. We could see him back in games, and you're right. Um, whether it's just because Logan Thompson hasn't been able to sort of, again, maintain the success he had early in his career as the starts have piled up this season, uh, or just how perfect Aiden Hill is for that team and how good he was for that team, as much as we keep focusing on them being great defensively. It really was a lot of Aiden Hill. They do need him back. In terms of whether that applies to Canada, you know, listen – in terms of all the numbers, yeah, absolutely. He's in that conversation. He's probably at the top of it for all the reasons I just listed. But is Canada going to defend the same way? This would be like the Oilers getting – well, no, it's not fair to say like the Oilers getting Jack Campbell and ignoring what led to his success. Um, I think Aiden Hill's a better goaltender than Jack was, uh, You know, again, just by the numbers. But you do need to pay attention to those things. Like – if, if, if you're going to become a rush team that's going to ask Aiden Hill to use his hands a lot because there's going to be open looks in the middle of the ice or, or open looks off the rush, 
he's probably not your guy. Uh, but if you're going to defend the way Vegas does, force guys into end zone, give up stuff down low but not middle and high in the zone and middle of the ice, great. So it's probably him, it's probably Carter Hart, and it's probably Jordan Bennington. Those are the guys. Bennington's sort of fallen off a cliff again after an incredible start. But you, you sort of, in a best-on-best, best, I think you look at what a guy's capable of at the start of a season as opposed to, in Bennington's case, after he's been worn down by a horrific defense over the course of half a year. Uh, and I still think he's in that conversation. And those would be the three guys that, that I'd be looking at at this point. All right, enough of this goalie talk. Let's talk about the real players. Um, sorry, Kev. Sorry, Laddie. Laddie Laddie's not even listening. See, I threw it's a, snowing, threw a and you're telling me to like yeah. this is just now we're back I'm into teaching. depressing mode. I'm gonna yeah. have to go for a ride in my white rock Hyundai to cheer me up. Uh, <laughs> Kev, is the lotto line is it a temporary measure, or do you think it's something that Rick Tockett can keep together for the long term? I think I'm as curious as anyone to see which way he goes. He obviously downplayed it. Uh, you know, and if you listen, like you listen to the quotes after from from JT Miller and watch a video with Elise, like, could anybody have been less thrilled than the, uh, coming off of two plus one nights than those guys? It seemed right. Yeah, like, I know. Um, th- I thought that was interesting. Although it's probably they just don't like the attention and and the nickname and all those things. But it was worth noting at the very least. And so I don't I don't know that this is a long term thing, but kind of like. And no, Oilers fans, settle down. I'm not making a direct comparison between the two. But much like when the Oilers are chasing or behind and they feel the need to load up with McDavid and Dreisaitl and just have one line that every time they're on the ice. And don't forget, like especially earlier in that game, it was the lotto line up front with Hughes and Hironik on the back end, like they had them out together, and it was nuclear, right? So having a nuclear option is never a bad thing. Um, whether it's something they chase, you know, regularly, I'm curious to see other lineups. I would expect them to start the game tonight. But this is a Rangers team that defends really well, uh, that has a lot of depth as well as high-end talent. And so, if, you know, I'm curious to see how long they stick with it. But at the very least, if nothing else, like it's exciting, it's fun to watch. I want to see more of it. But even if Tockett decides to go with a more balanced approach on more nights than not, it's nice to know that you have this option and that it gives you the ability. Like, like you wonder watching that game why we didn't see this midway through the St. Louis game when, when nothing was happening five on five. So I think if nothing else, it's proven you have that option. I like to see it against the Rangers tonight to see if it's at all repeatable because, you know, like, let, let's be honest, that was – that was New Jersey missing a lot of key parts the other night and playing back-to-back games. So grain of salt on that part, too. Uh, Kev, thanks for doing this today, man. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the games tonight and tomorrow night. We'll do this in a couple weeks' time. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. That's Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and In Goal Magazine. As mentioned, a presentation of White Rock Hyundai. Uh, I'm now playing the just let's just name random backup Canucks goalies with, uh, I think it's GURP. In the uh, yeah group. Oh, that's good. That's uh, good that he, you're focused. He he came with Mika Nornan, which mm-hmm. is a very good shout. Nice. I responded with Richard Bachman. Oh yeah, remember Richard Bachman? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. We got one. lineup updates from Murph and Batch just right now. If you want them, yes. Sure. Demko in start uh, is. In, sorry, I'm reading this verbatim. So Ooh, he card Demko in starters net. <laughs> Demko in starters net. Cole on right side with Sidorov. Susie Myers. No changes up front. And then Batch quote tweeted him, looks like Noah Juleson comes out of the lineup tonight in New York City. Cole so, and Zadorov. So Zadorov is going to be, is that a, that's a third pair, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but he's the new Juleson. Right, okay. Juleson's the old Zadorov. Right, 
Okay. Is that so how it it's works? Myers and Su- <laughs> Myers Myers and Susie is your is your second pair. Yep. Mm. All right. It's a very tall pair. That's the second Richard Bachman reference today, by the way. For what? Me. Uh, just Jesper Wallstedt was called up by the Minnesota Wild. He's the, like a highly touted prospect. He is yeah. one of the best goalie prospects. The Iowa Wild goalie coach is Richard Bachman. Wow. So there you go. It all comes full circle. Here's another one for you, Jason LaBarbera. Oh yes. yeah. He's a coyote forever. Another goalie coach. <laughs> he was, yeah. he was a very good that tweet. Like, yeah. guys just love standing around in a room talking yeah. about naming old athletes, like, yeah. like athletes from past glories. It's, or past because, it's because if you know someone, if you talk to someone and you're like, Jason LaBarbera, they're like, yeah, he's the old goalie. You're like, I have something in common. Yeah. Do you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah. I also know Peter Scudra. Peter Scudra. Peter Scudra. Buddy of mine owns Peter Scudra's glove. Sorry? Buddy of mine owns a game-used Peter oh. Scudra Glove. That's pretty sweet. Where is he on the pantheon of Latvian goalies? Uh-huh. Well, they because the, the Canucks had a. They had, He's they Latvian. Peter Scooter is Latvian. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it doesn't end sure. in is. Yeah, him and Ar- Archie Irbe. Peter Scudras. <laughs> Peter's Scudras. Oh yes, okay. his real name is Peteris Scudra. Everyone yeah, stop talking. They, they had like a. They cornered the market on Latvian goalies, undersized Latvian goalies. Uh, I'm going to do a what we learned, and we need more what we learned into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 6.50, We need them desperately. Otherwise, I'm going to keep playing this game for the final <laughs> half hour of the show. Remember uh, Troy Gamble? <laughs> he was a good one, too. What about Rick Cabaracci? I, I like Rick Cabaracci. He's good. All right, Frank Caprice. Frank Caprice was play along. one of the best perms of all time. He almost had like a jerry curl. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he had like a wet perm. It was the 80s, right? Yeah. Like, it was, yeah. Okay, I learned that Jonathan Lekaramaki, not a goalie, not a wet perm, was named the MVP of the World Juniors despite Sweden's gold medal loss to the United States. They really took that well, eh? Um, they kind of had a meltdown there. Sweden? Yeah. 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 They got they, well, they were getting like physically dominated mm. and scoreboard dominated. I, you don't see fights at the end of a gold medal game. It's hard when it's happening at home. Yeah, I know. Right? I was like, the thing. It's, it's kind of doubly like, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Right? But that was awesome for Lekker But Mackie. good for Lekker Mackie, uh, named MVP of the World Juniors. So we went in with high expectations for Lekker Mackie, and this is why we should have high expectations for the Canucks prospects. Like, stop going like, oh, if you have too high expectations, they might fold under the pressure. Well, you don't want those guys. That's right. You want the guys that show up in these tournaments when they're expected to show up. And Lekker Amaki has really changed his narrative over the last year. You know, last year I was thinking like, oh my God, is this guy even going like to make it to the AHL the way he was struggling? You were very, very concerned. You were very concerned. I was down on him. So good for him for um, turning it around. Now you start wondering, okay, when is this guy going to be in the NHL lineup? So now we create overly burdensome expectations because we had high expectations and now we have even higher expectations That's for right. Lekker Amaki. But he joins a list that includes players like Connor Bedard, most recent MVP, Mason McTavish, Trevor Zegras, um, the great Ryan Paling. Can't forget him. But congratulations to Jonathan Lekker Amaki on that MVP performance. I expect we'll see him maybe in Abbotsford as soon as the end of the regular season, if his European season finishes before the Abbotsford season. And who knows, maybe um, Lekker Amaki heads into training camp next season with the Canucks and he has a chance to make the team. Give us a moo cow on that. We'll go into the Dunbar Lumber text line on the other side, unless the dogs or Halford has a what we learned. Um, you're listening to the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.33 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Although it's not a happy Monday for the kids. Back to school after Christmas vacation. One of the worst back-to-school Mondays on the calendar. No one likes going back to school on a Monday. Yeah. But there's a couple Mondays that just hit different. After two weeks of getting whatever they wanted. Pretty much. Staying up till midnight, sleeping until 10 o'clock. It's the 8th, okay? They've had a good run. Time to get back to school. I don't like the schedule. There was a lot of pushback among both the children and the parents about the the scheduling of this year's holiday break. Ran up too close to Christmas, and then there was too much time on the back end. Yeah, everyone's like, okay, it's the New Year. It's back to work. The kids are like, not for us. Give me more sugar. Right. Uh, What we learned. Okay, so we're going to do, we got one from the dogs. A-Dog learned, A-Dog's been adorable today. I'll explain that later. Then we're going to (laughs) give away some tickets uh, to the 32 Thoughts podcast live show on January 18th. Before we do any of that, uh, final hour, final half hour of Halford and Brough brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, hour three of the program brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. So remember how we said that A-Dog's life is just one big what we learned? Like every day there's a new yeah. learning out there. There's a reason he sings the theme song. So like mm-hmm. a minute before the show today is like, did the Seahawks not make the playoffs? I was like, no way, dog. They didn't. <laughs> but they won. They what fell, they won? They, they, they fell oh so short of making the playoffs. But they, you are right. They did win. Then at the break, <laughs> a, a dog in the most I get. And here's the thing: the most sincere voice imaginable, like literally learning mm-hmm. the joy and wonder, like amazement that you learn that Tyler Myers has a half brother. That's in the, the NBA. NBA. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, so yeah, courtesy basketball. Do it Phil, with the enthusiasm you did it last time. Well, it's hard to recreate. I know it that. is the magic of last time. Yeah, it's courtesy basketball Phil because he added me on Twitter, um, and yeah, he's just said, "Hey, you got a, guys, got to book this guy," which you quickly shot down when I mentioned it. Yeah. Um, cool <laughs> crossover tonight at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Knicks guard Quentin Grimes will attend Canucks Rangers to watch his older brother, half brother, fifteen-year-old NHL vet Tyler Myers. First NBA NHL brother duo ever. Yeah, so I, I and then just, A-Dog is like, is that true? Yeah. I was like, yep. I, that's pr- true. Are you sure? Really? <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he kept calling him his stepbrother, which is very much not what right. he is. It's half-brother. Half-brother. Half half-brother. Mm-hmm. They are They're blood, blood related. related. Yeah. What's cool. your favorite A-Dog, like, what we learned? Oh, two footballs. The two, two, <laughs> two footballs? footballs, for sure. <laughs> so there's a back... There's a backstory, yeah. One day, we had one football guest booked for the following day's show. And then we... It was a big football day. Like, there was a big story or something. And so we made the decision to book a second one. And Andy, again, in all earnestness, looked at me, looked up at me, and he said, two footballs? (laughs) And I said, yes, A-Dog. Feels like a lot of football. (laughs) Not one, but two football I liked it when he learned about John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg. And he thought, like, his name is Bjorn Borg? (laughs) Star Trek villain? If that helps. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so moo cow that. Fire up the dot matrix. 
What We Learned Humanoid Edition is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them online at getfireplan.com. Oh my God! We're having a fire plan! So we're giving away a pair of tickets to the 32 Thoughts live show at Wicket Hall in Victoria on Thursday, January the 18th. For those that are asking, the reason it's in Victoria is because a couple days later, Hockey Day in Canada, they're going to be doing it live from Victoria, British Columbia, the provincial capital. Uh, there's going to be a big celebration. Sportsnet's entire Hockey Night in Canada panel, including Fridge and Merrick, are going to be there. But this added value thing is going to be a live taping, live show, 32 Thoughts podcast. We're giving away tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, we're giving away a pair every day this week. Now, I got to make this abundantly clear. You have to be able to go to the show. You can't just accumulate the tickets and then can, brag to your friends. Okay, why is it in it? Victoria? Explain that. I literally just explained Hockey it. Hockey Dan Cam. could not explain it any more okay. thoroughly than I just right. did. Yeah, so... <sighs> So again, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. that's what I hear when you're talking. Okay, about. but that's the whole point of this thing is to relay information to the listeners, which I just did. You got to be in Victoria or you got to be able to make it to Victoria to attend the show. A-Dog, we had a winner bright and early. We're very excited to give the tickets. And why is it in Victoria? Again. <laughs> Can we get someone to read this out with a less of a wah, wah, wah voice like Halford? Because it's just I'm tuning it out. So you're yeah. telling me Tyler Myers has a half-brother? Step-brother. In the NBA? In the NBA? Step-brother. Holy cow. Anyway. Last name grimy. Give away the tickets, please. Uh, what we learned, I'm the only listener listening live to the show right now at 6.30 in the morning uh, who actually lives in Victoria. So on that basis alone, I should get the tickets. That's I'm the only one who will actually go. Joe Bob. Congrats, Joe Bob. You're going. Yeah, congrats on the hustle. Uh, Good job waking up early and listening to the show. Joe Bob, enjoy the 32 Thoughts live show. Jamie the Armstrong Fisherman. What we learned, the Vancouver Canucks will win the Stanley Cup this year only because Logan Paul dissed them live at WrestleMania at Rogers Arena. Well, it wasn't WrestleMania. It was. <laughs> you can't just throw around WrestleMania as a catch-all phrase for wrestling. Shows. It was Friday Night SmackDown. And Laddie, do we have the audio from Logan Paul at Rogers Arena for SmackDown on Friday night? Uh, he's such a likable guy. Here he was on Friday night in Vancouver. Let's be honest. Y'all thought a Canadian, a Canadian could ever have... The United States Championship. The United States Championship. Kevin, brother, you beating me for the U.S. title is like the Canucks winning a Stanley Cup. No lies detected. It's never going to happen. Do you think half the people in the crowd, like half the people were booing and half of them were like, you know, he's probably right. <laughs> Damn that Logan Paul. They definitely fed him that line, right? He didn't, he didn't come um, out. I don't know. I'm sure they fed him that line. Yeah, hey, no way. He yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Cheap heat is cheap. I love cheap heat, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, everyone, awesome. everyone saw that coming from a mile away and I was still like, oh. I mean, all those really people go to us. wrestling. I mean, that's <laughs> we sent them there. That's the worst part. We were giving away tickets that thing yeah. like crazy. Then they insulted the listeners, which actually is what we do. So, do you think there's someone at wrestling that gets dragged along by his buddies and is just like the whole time is like, did everyone realize this is fake? This is fake, people. We're watching a fake sport. I uh, yeah. There's a, there's a couple the people that go against their will, but yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. 
1%. The 99% are like Bruce Boudreaux. They're like, this is awesome. They are <laughs> really into it. Basketball Phil with what we learned. I'm worried about the Michigan running game controlling the clock enough to keep Penix off the field to get the dub. Go Huskies. Next Seahawks quarterback is in this game, though. Well, maybe it's Michael Penix or maybe it's is it J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines? I wonder if the next coach Jim is Harbaugh, in this game. Jim, Jim, Harbaugh Harbaugh. Said, Jim Harbaugh said McCarthy is the greatest quarterback uh, in Michigan history. Now, he had to make it clear that <laughs> yeah. it was at, while, while his he was time playing, at Michigan. Because yeah. he's like, Tom Brady was very good. But, uh, yeah, he's really talking him up. But uh, I would love to see the Canucks. Or Canucks. I would love to see the Seahawks go after Penix, not Penix, but in the draft. Right. I just and I thought you were going to say Jim Harbaugh. I was like, oh my no, god, no, no. Although I, you know what, I didn't like Pete Carroll when he was coaching USC because I didn't like USC, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like Pete Carroll because I was like, yeah, yeah, this rah rah stuff is never going to play in the NFL, and I was totally wrong about that. So maybe Jim Harbaugh is the natural successor to Pete Carroll. Well, Jim Harbaugh also is, is, is leaving is, college football embroiled in scandal, right? Just yeah, like yeah. Pete is it time Carroll. to get out? Uh, I have a really weird hypothetical question, but I'm going to throw it. Let's say that the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick part ways. Would you, Just listen. Would you want Bill Belichick as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks? Would yes. You, yeah? Oh, it'd be so entertaining. You kidding me? Well, he'd, awesome. fix, he'd probably fix the defense. You'd think so. Yeah. But see, the, the big knock on him in the last couple of years is that he's lost his fastball. Right. So that he just keeps relying on bringing back his old coordinators like mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien and everybody else, and they're not getting the jobs done. Speaking of bringing back people, yeah. you know, you, you, were, you were said that like the decision to bring back Bobby Wagner was a good one. I, I, in hindsight, I, I just disagree. When does it – I'm sure it's worked a few times when you bring back people and, you know, like you get the band back together and it does work. But for the most part, doesn't it seem like it doesn't? I thought I thought Wagner was good this year. He led the team in tackles and he made the Pro Bowl. It wasn't a disappointment. It's not moving on though, right? I, but you didn't ask, you didn't say if it was moving on. You said if it was good or not. Do you think he was really good? No, I think he was good. good. I think he was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he was I don't, really I, good. I, I think he was good. I don't. know. I like that he was disappointed and them smoking cigars and like, yeah, me too. That's that's classic leadership. Uh, Mike, the urologist from Brockville, talking about the Canucks-Rangers game tonight. What we learned, first game with a full-strength decor. It'll be interesting to see how they perform against a strong Rangers team. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually reading Drance's um, um, lineup for tonight, and Drance had Zadorov and Cole as the second pair. Now, a lot of people are like, who cares? Well, might be thinking, like, who cares? But... You know, who is the second pair on the Canucks? Is it going to be Zadorov and Cole, or is it Susie and Myers? Like when a, Cole like and Juleson were together, that was the third pair. Um, but now this is, might be just how Drance has it written, um, but I imagine there's some uh, method to his badness. Um, you know how we ask the question, do you have two pairs that you really like when they're on the ice? Can we say about that about the Canucks yet? Or do they have the Hughes Heronic pair that's on the ice and you like it when they're out there? And then you're not really sure about what they've got after that. I'd be curious to see Cole and Zadorov together. Me too. Yeah. I think Cole it, over to the right side. Yeah. Because Juleson's coming out. I think so he's some, the guy that goes over yeah, there. Yeah. I think there's something there. Um, it's almost like the forward group. You know, it's like, is the second line the third line? Is the third line the second line? Do you is think the, the organization is sold on Zadorov? 
Because I remember when he came in, Patrick Alvin said, you know, like, if this is an opportunity for Nikita to get a look at us, but it's also an opportunity for us to get a look at Nikita. And I think a lot of people thought, well, they traded for this guy. He's a Milstein client, so they're obviously going to sign him long term. He's a Milstein man. I don't, I don't know for sure if they're going to keep him because they might not be able to afford him with giving a raise to Petey and Hronik, assuming those guys get re-signed. you got to pay Dakota Joshua now. And, well, there's a couple guys that might need to get paid. And um, he wants term. That was apparently what he wanted in Calgary and didn't get out of the Calgary Flames. So is he going to be able to get that in Vancouver with Hughes signed long-term, Hronik signed long-term? They gave Susie a little bit of term. You know, Are they going to give that... Nikita Zadorov, it could be a tougher negotiation than you think. Maybe they'll give him a ton of term and it'll drop the cap hit. Sign the old eight-year extension for Nikita Zadorov. I don't know. I think they're intrigued by him. And well, I of think- course they are. They're intrigued by size. Like right yeah. now, look at the length of their bottom four defenders. Mm-hmm. They're giants. Their D is long. Yeah. Talking had a good uh, soundbite the other day. Do we have that somewhere? Because like we should. Have kept it was that. over Talk the Christmas it. holidays. Talking had a soundbite. Well, I'm like, you are definitely trying to do this. Yeah. Uh, Iron break character though. Which was Iron great. Blair with a what we learned. The way the Jaguars and Eagles ended the season was pathetic. Talk about collapses. As an Eagle fan, they got to uh, like punt the pencil and hat guy. Oh, he ain't doing no good. <laughs> a Bills versus Lions Super Bowl. Would be epic. Um, pencil and hat guy is Matt. No, Matt I know Patricia. I know. I was. I was like, wait, pump the pencil. <laughs> is this a term I don't pencil? know about? Yeah, use some, you know, use some hyphens here. Yeah. Come on, Iron Blair. Uh, Bills intrigue me very much. Uh, heading into the playoffs because anything could happen for them. Josh Allen's got to be the most entertaining player in the NFL, He's just because there. anything can happen. I'm not talking about the best player, although he is one of the best players. He is the new gunslinger. He's, of the, the, league, u- he's right? the ultimate wild card. Yeah. He's the guy now. It right. could be the highs are so high. The mm-hmm. lows are so low. But he But is, he had both yeah. in the game against the Dolphins, that's, right? That's two why, picks, two touchdowns, almost 400 yards passing. I, I like the games where it's all on display. I don't like the ones where he's tragic because then, you know, they're usually not competitive games and the Bills lose. But I uh, like he can be he can be fun erratic. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you see all the talent, but you also see all the. Dis- I mean, he. So in the earlier parts of the year, not to belabor this, but that was kind of the reason that they made the change at offensive coordinator because Dorsey was kind of enamored with all the cool things that Josh Allen could do, right. ignoring all the wildly dangerous things that he does. And now it's a little bit more of a stripped down. Well, do you remember game. how they started their season against the Jets? Yeah, it was right. awful. It was he was terrible. throwing picks left and right. Uh, Ryan from UBC, what we learned, Pete Carroll's time in Seattle has come to an end. Time for a rebuild of the coaching staff and a new approach with this current roster. There's lots of talent there. Need to see what another brain can do with it. He said he expects to be back, by the way. In his post-game presser yesterday, Pete was asked straight up. He's like, I expect to be back coaching this football team in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you- I think it's more likely that Pete is back, but sometimes – what happens is you go into an off season and then the discussions start and then they're like, wait a minute, we're not on the same page. Yeah. You have these conversations with the ownership and that's Jody Allen now. Mm -hmm. And there have been reports that Jody Allen has not been satisfied with how the Seahawks have been performing. And she also, I believe made a change in Portland with the trailblazers as well with their head coach. 
Yeah, and I can't remember who the new one is now off the top of my head. I apologize for not knowing. Can you pull up the uh, Kevin Bieksa audio? Austin and Langley were what we learned. Kevin Bieksa on the Hockey Night in Canada panel over the weekend showed us again why he is one of the best minds in hockey with his take on the Nick Cousins thing. So we've been outspoken critics of Nick Cousins, Weasley rat-type player, just consistently habitually stepping over the line, a habitual line-stepper. If you will. Habitual jerk. Anyway, here's Bieksa just going to town on Nick Cousins for all of the very, very greasy hits that he's thrown over the last few weeks. We could sit here right now and we could debate fighting in the NHL. Like, what's the place of fighting? We could debate Michigan goals. Do you like them? Do you hate them? But the fact of the matter is people come to games and watch on TV in the hopes of seeing a Michigan goal, in the hopes of seeing a fight. They like it. Now, what people don't want to watch and see is kneeing, uh, hitting a guy's head into the boards, uh, ramming a guy from behind. And that is a common theme for a player in this league. And I've never done this before, but I have to do it because this is a trend with this player. And he's done this a a numerous amount of times, ramming a guy's head into the boards. You know, the the hit earlier in the year under Gabranson, this was Shifley last year. Like, there's no place in the game for this. And what's the common theme in all these? Him at the bottom of the pile in a turtle position. Not like Brendan Smith standing up, taking your medicine. This has been a common theme for this player. And listen, I'm told he's a good guy. I'm told he's liked by his teammates. And he's actually a pretty good hockey player. Mm -hmm. But somebody in that organization or somebody that he respects has to sit down and say, enough of this. This doesn't help the Florida Panthers win. It doesn't make us a better team. Or the NHL has to come down and hammer this guy. My good friend Rafi Torres. Love the guy. They didn't like some of the hits he was making. They hammered him with a 25-game suspension. They hammered him with a 41-game suspension. Right? Somebody has to hammer this guy from the Department of Justice and put an end to these crappy hits because I hate him. And they remind me, like, that's, that's a rat to me. I'm sorry. It is. Department of Justice. Was I want them to change the name to the Department of Justice. And then when they rule, they have the law and order. Dun, dun, that yeah. Thing. yeah, that's what I want. You're going to hear from the DOJ about that. <laughs> good, good rant though. Like we, yeah, you know, Sportsnet's really bringing the uh, the intensity on these panels. Good for lately. BX to to no. call it like it is. Yeah. I mean, Nick Cousins is he's a weasel, and it's a lot easier to be a weasel in today's NHL. Uh, this one is from Simba Khan. Hashtag WWO What We Learned. Not sure if this was brought up last week. But the World Darts Championship was last week in the UK. A 16-year-old was in the final, but he looks 30-plus. <laughs> he didn't win but came close. The winner was a lead supporter. That's for Halford. I'm not a darts fan, but after spending three weeks in the UK over the holidays, I'm one over. Time to open our lo- local darts bar. That was one of the uh, ideas that you and I kicked around. Darts bar. Let's have a darts bar here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so the 16-year-old is Luke Littler. Luke Littler. Yeah. And I love that he is embracing the darts lifestyle mm-hmm. because you know when curlers got in shape? Yeah. Didn't it like doesn't it. seem to be happening in the darts world. Darts is pushing back against shape. <laughs> well, there's a shape there. <laughs> if round's a shape, yeah. Yeah, like what do we got to be in shape for? Look what we're doing. They but don't, even, but they, even yeah. just like you talk about his physical condition, but even his face, like he, he just, just looks he old. He doesn't he looks look old. sixteen yeah. no. at all. He's I, I actually don't believe that he's sixteen. Yeah, this guy is booting for all his friends for sure. Like, uh-huh, Luke, can you go to the liquor store for me? I can. I think in England you're just like, are you sixteen? Perfect, you can drink. <laughs> yeah, they, you don't even need to be of legal age. Um, so, don't you think that it makes sense though that a younger person would have this success in darts? Like, aren't your hands steadier when you're younger? I, I don't. I mean, I the darts world to me is so fascinating because I know so precious little about it. Right. I had no idea it was so lucrative. Mm-hmm. We are talking multi-million dollar prize pools 
every week. Yeah. This kid gets to go to Bahrain now for like the world darts tour. I know that um, the spectacle of it was one thing. Like you see it all the time on television and uh, it's basically become a sort of version of, like the rugby sevens. Like people dress up, they're drinking all day. They said it's so much fun. They're, they don't even care who's winning. And the crazy part is, is they don't cheer for anyone. Mm-hmm. They just cheer for darts. I did not realize that. 180. Well, no, but they cheer. They're like, they cheered for Luke Littler. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, but they also cheered for the guy that beat him, Luke Humphreys. And they're like, yeah. Like, we just like seeing darts. Are they all just named Luke? Is that the rule? Well, it's also a collection of Lukes. Yeah, all of them. So, I mean, it's a really interesting sporting phenomenon. And I want to monetize it locally by opening up the Halbro Darts Bar. I think it's got a thing. Even though I know basically nothing. It cannot play darts. (laughs) Do you play darts? You play darts. You play darts? You play darts. Okay. Yeah. I'd, but I mean, I I imagine it's probably along the same lines of like pool. Right. Right? Like, you know. Yeah. It's a it's a game that you don't have to be in, in incredibly great shape to play. Do you think if you opened a darts bar, you'd have to like have a big um, conversation with the lawyers beforehand? Just like. Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Eye part, insurance. Right? Eye insurance. Yeah. yeah, you are projectiles. Like you, you're serving, you're serving yeah. drinks. Like, let's see if I can hit this three pointer. You got a dart right? all the way dart across, your neck, man. That's awesome. Um, so huge night uh, tonight in the world of sports. The Canucks are playing the Rangers, and the Huskies are playing the Michigan Wolverines down in Houston for a national title. If the Huskies win this game. We're talking about it tomorrow. That's a warning, folks. If you don't like college football, too bad. This is one step down from the Seahawks being in the Super Bowl for me. It is a big, big, big game. Looking forward to the Phoenix talk. It's a big night for sports happiness or maybe sports sadness. Yes. I'll just leave that hanging in the ether. We got to go. That's what the music means. Signing off. I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. He's been Laddie. She has been intern Sonia. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.